Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's, let's lift that up for Jesus this morning. Come on, let's lift that up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. I think you can do it a little bit better than that. Let's lift it up for Jesus Christ this morning. The power of the gospel still works. Yeah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise for a special moment, a special time. I pray that the words that you've given me to speak this morning will really fall on people's hearts. But more than ever, I pray that lives will change after this meeting. Father, do this morning whatever you want to do. Whatever you had in plan, uh, in, in, in um, your plans for this morning, before the foundation of the earth even, Lord. I pray that you will heal the sick, save the lost. Do whatever you want to do this morning. In the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can take your seats. The sound is beautiful, guys. Just leave it just like that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Ah, it feels so good in this house this morning. I want to tell you something that last time that I came and I stopped by, it was just after we survived, whatever that was, the last two, three years. And uh, I remember that morning that uh, it really felt in the house that God needed to pick us up. And um, I, I, I left that morning felt feeling that God really met with us and he picked us up. But this morning, I have to tell you guys here in New Harvest that it really feels in the atmosphere that this church is winning. And, and I'm not saying that to win points. I'm saying that because that's what I'm feeling. There's victory in the atmosphere. I'm telling you now, there's victory in the atmosphere. And I'm almost, almost to the point, Pastor, that I want to prophesy that you need to get ready for a revival in this place. I know we understand that the next thing that God is about to do is a reformation. But I tell you what, I wonder if we're not going to enter a revival first before we see the reformation. Hallelujah. How many of you are a candidate for revival? Saying, Lord, begin with me. How many of you? Okay, I'll ask, th I'll ask that in 20 minutes time again. <laughs> How many of you love Pastor Chuck and Karen Pelham? I, I need you to understand that none of this happens without a visionary. And none of this happens without a local pastor. You know, when God made Adam, Adam had wonderful relationship with God in the garden. The Bible says that they walked in the cool of the night. They had a cool relationship. And sometimes people feel that they only need Jesus. Wrong. You need your pastors. You and Jesus is not going to make this. You need your pastor. Pastor Kennedy, how can you say that? Well, after God made Adam, God's words were, it's not good for man to be alone. So God makes for Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Somebody that Adam can relate to. So you need to be in church on Sunday mornings. Hallelujah. Yeah, we need agreement. And I found out this thing doesn't say amen. You got to tell this thing to say amen. Alexa, it doesn't say amen. It doesn't hug your neck. It doesn't pray for me when I'm sick. So um, let's get back to church, America. Let's get back to church. And let's love our pastors. 
So now, finally, let's put our hands together for Pastor Chuck and Karen, some of the best people that I know. Bless you guys. Bless all the leadership in this place. It does my heart so good to hear that there's a move of the Lord going on in this church. You're winning, and it's about to get better. News back from my uh, neck of the woods. Um, we just got um, in a position to purchase our own property in South Africa. And I tell you what, you know, in the middle of a time that people won't really think about buying property or extending churches, God is doing it. God is doing it. And I've never owned my own property, but um, uh, at the beginning of this year, I drove through, uh, past the church. And you guys must take the time to go check out our Facebook pages of what God has done for us there. But um, I had the opp opportunity to purchase a building. And the gentleman that owns the building said, you don't have to go and get a bank loan. I'll be the bank for you. And then he topped that off by saying, oh, by the way, no interest rate. <laughs> that helps. That helps. Oh, my goodness, that helps. And he said, I'll give, you, I'll give you 10 years to pay it off. And we already started paying off on that bond. Praise the Lord. And then I asked him, I said, um, so how much time must I give you to take all of your stuff out? Because we agreed on a price. I'm talking about all the chairs, sound system, uh, kitchen. I mean, everything you can think about that was in a church. He said, what are you talking about? I said, all your stuff. How much time do I need to give you? He said, no, Andrew, that's included in the price. It's now your stuff. Yeah. God can do it. I said, God can do it. Wife and the kids are doing fantastic. My eldest is going to university. You pray for me. She got a boyfriend and I like him. You pray for me, please. I don't know how that happened, but my kids are doing well. All right. Let's get to the word. Give me a little bit more monitors. I know it's already loud, but I feel like preaching this morning. Isaiah 10, verse 27. Isaiah 10, verse 27. If you're there, say yes. That's three people. Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass that in that day, Somebody work this with me this morning and say, that day is this day. That day is my day. That his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Work with me this morning and say, I am getting my oil back. Mm. I am getting my oil back. It feels to me that in the last couple of years, we so studied the word of God and there's never a problem with that. But there is a danger in being so focused on education that we can get to a place that the word killeth, but the spirit gives life. And with me getting the opportunity and the privilege to travel through your beautiful country, and so far in the last uh, three plus weeks, um, I, man, I traveled. <laughs> we started off in Washington State, flew back to Kansas City, got in a car in Kansas City, traveled 3,000 miles in 10 days, preached or visited every night with some pastor or some church. I can tell you the following. Yes, the statistics. 
is probably that which they tell me that after COVID, America is struggling with attendances and that a third of most churches have lost people and a third of the people are still viewing you online. Although I watched y'all's um, production this morning online and I, the most people I could see was 12 and half of them was mine. So I think what's happening here, Pastor, is that this is one of the best attendances I have seen in America so far. You should give yourself a hand right there. That's a good thing, man. Fellowship is one of the four apostolic pillars in the church. We need each other. So the statistics might be that. So I just figured that if, if that's what they say, then we are down to what we are in our churches. Well, if that's it, if Jesus used 12 to shake the world, then we can use the remnant to shake the world. Come on, shake our cities. Shake this nation like never before. And it does my heart so well to tell you that the pulse that I am taking home in my heart, seeing what God is doing in America, is the following. That there is a people in the pew that's pushing for things to move. There's people in the pew that's got a heart after God. There's people in the pews of America that's pushing a revival. That's pushing to see God move like he's never moved before. This is not so much led by a preacher or somebody with a voice. America is just fed up. I don't know how correct that is to say, but I'm just telling you as your friend from South Africa, America is fed up. America is done with stuff. Stuff. I don't know how to say that better. Let me try and preach it. America is done with stuff. <laughs> and America is ready for God to move. I came to preach to you this morning that we need the oil of the anointing to lift the burdens and destroy the yokes. There's certain, certain things going on that I don't like to hear and I don't like to, to see how that's happening. So I'm a little bit old-fashioned. When I hear that and when I see that, I go to my prayer closet and I say, Jesus, I don't understand all of that, but give me the oil. Give me an anointing because I need that burden to move. I need that yoke to be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. I wonder who's with me this morning. I want to talk about that. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1. Powerful, powerful story and we're going to spend some time with that. And then I feel, I feel obliged. I feel like I'm on assignment this morning. If you're okay with this. I'm going to anoint everybody in this church with oil at the end of the service. How about that? Pastor, do you have some oil? Well, hallelujah. Read with me in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Listen here, man's choice is over and done with. I hope you heard me. Pleasing man. Is over and done with. Well, it looks like I'm f you, you, you are friendly enough to receive me to say what I want to say. The seeker sensitive mo mo movement is over and done with. 
There's a people in America that says, okay, look, well, we got air conditioning, we got nice seats, we've got all what you wanted us to have. We got it. Now we need God. I'm telling you, that's what I'm feeling from America. Now we need God. Thank you for the air conditioned buildings and thank you for the nice seats. But my family needs God. Because my. And I don't know what's happening. They need God. My brother is on drugs. They, he needs God. My family is going through a divorce. They need God. Come on, somebody. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Because I have rejected Saul. There are certain things in the last two, three years that I think we have to be grown up enough to, sell, to tell each other there are certain things that did not make the storm. And so be it. There are certain things that God has rejected. Him from reigning over Israel. So fill your horn with oil and go. Because I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king <laughs> among his sons. The oil is looking for the kings of the earth. The oil is looking for the kings of the earth. And if you don't know it by now, God's word says that we have been made kings and priests to rule with him. Not in heaven, but on planet earth. Hallelujah. The oil is an interesting thing that Samuel needs to take because the Bible says that he needs to take it in a horn, not a container. So in other words, you have to understand what the church needs to get back to is to understand that there is a message. And this message has been made so cheap. That's the message of the cross. You have to understand that the cross is Jesus paying an incredible price. Somebody had to die for us to preach what we're preaching about. Somebody died to see the miracles that we are longing for. Somebody died to see the moving of the Holy Spirit that he left us for. Not something fabricated by man. Not man's ideas. Not man's plans. But God's plan. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. And don't be giving out this oil for just anything. Don't just be giving this one out for just anything at any old time. Isn't it just like God to wait for the heat to be heated up seven times hotter? Because in the last two, three years, I got to a place that I told myself, it cannot get any worse than this. Well, I don't know what preachers are going to think of me. Whatever. It's my church. I closed three times and I opened three times. I wish I had a better testimony than that. But you've got to understand how my emotional being went up and down. Up. And that second time when I was up, I thought it cannot get any worse than this. And it sure went down. Is there anybody out there that can just witness with a brother and say in the last two, three years, I have but lost my mind, but I'm still here. We are still here. And listen here, my brother and my sister, if you are still here, it means that God's got a plan for you 
and you are alive and well in the perfect will of God. I I don't know about you, but I feel like clapping right there. Hallelujah. The oil goes through a process. The oil takes time. It's squeezed out. And then it goes into a horn. And then the prophet takes this horn and he goes to Jesse's house. You know the story. Well, let's pick it up there in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 10. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Man, this is so powerful. So powerful. Because um, in the last couple of years and even before COVID, I think, I think especially in the leadership side of the church, titles and positions were taken too easily. And, 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 and some of us said it amongst each other. And, and as, 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 as Pastor Chuck went on this morning about my ministry, I, I appreciate the accolades. But I take that extremely serious. And, I, and I'm very cautious just to take the title upon myself. Because, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that God gives unto the church. Apostles. Did, did you see that? God. Not man. God. Man can mess this up. Man can pick soul. And, and, and I think the church is also just done. While we're speaking about that which God has rejected. I think the church is also just done with all these self-appointed apostles and prophets and bishops. Can I say something this morning? While God wants to move, these cats are walking around with four people in their church, but they are an international apostle. Four people in their church, five bodyguards. Who in the world wants to kill you? Are you with me? And, and the church is just done, just done with it. And in the last couple of years, I think man has been so manipulated with all of the above, money and stature and whatever it might be, that, that, that we just, I, I don't know how to say it without sounding condescending, but, but we, we got so accustomed just because the guy is called a bishop or the guy is called a prophet. Where is the church? Where is the body of Christ that says, you know, we'll call you whatever you want us to call you, but we're going to watch for the fruit. Because the Bible said that you shall know them by their fruit. I got to the place now that I'm comfortable in calling everybody whatever they want me to call them. But I want to see the fruit and I want to see the character. Don't show me your gifts. Show me your character. Hallelujah. Because a gift can only take you so far. Where character can take you right up there and sustain you. Oh church, let's get back to the oil of the anointing let's feel everything gets oily oh somebody say the oil hallelujah again jesse made seven of his sons to pass before samuel and samuel said unto jesse i love this about a true prophet he says the lord has not chosen these you gotta you gotta see yourself in this story imagine the prophet calls you up And says, God says one of your sons is going to be anointed. He obviously chose Jesse now, the first son, because he paraded him out. And then for the prophet to not be manipulated. 
not be manipulated by stature and size and everything that stood in front of him. He followed the oil. <laughs> Woo! Where are the days where certain preachers can say no to certain churches because they don't feel the flowing of the oil? Where is the day we certain churches need to say yes to certain preachers? Because they go no good and well that if you invite Pastor Chuck to that particular church, he's going to mess that church up. Uh, you don't want to help me preach this morning. Let me try it section for section. You know your pastor. Can I talk about your pastor? He's like the, the most sweetest, timid, um, immovable, standstill preacher behind a pulpit that I've ever met in my life. Oh, the answer is no. So, so, so just get that church that I'm talking about in your mind and imagine he goes there to preach on a Sunday morning. And he's very respectful, like you should be when you go into anybody's other else's church. But, but, but the Lord, the one that gives the anointing, says, son, I have sent you on assignment in that church because I give you the go-ahead to mess the church up. Oh, come on. Do you know what I'm talking about when I use language like that? It's not missing the church up in a bad way, but it's allowing the Holy Ghost to move in places where he's not welcome to move. Hey! Allowing the Holy Ghost to move in places that he's not welcome to move. Hear me this morning. The Lord has not chosen these ones. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are you all your children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. Man, that jumped in my spirit when I prepared for you. The remaining ones are left in the church. Look around you and see who's next to you, in front of you, and behind you. This is it. So we might as well just have church. So we might as well just push forward. So we might as well just open up our hearts and say, Jesus, move this morning like I've never seen you move in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know if you see this on your frame, but I am hungry for a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I feel something in America on this trip that I have not felt before. But it feels like the, the miracles are back. It feels like the supernatural is back. It feels like that yoke-destroying power that, that, that keeps people, that, that destroys people that are bound by drugs and, 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 and different things. It's back to see God do something powerful. Yeah. Hallelujah. The very first church that I preached in, on this trip, um, there was a, a, a two programs uh, of, where, where men go through a, a program to get delivered from drug abuse. And they came to the church, probably guys, you know, just breaks your heart thinking that those guys are married and they've got children and just hooked on drugs. And the one night that I was preaching, that's where I felt it the first time on this trip. I felt the Holy Ghost say, go for the worst looking one of them all. <laughs> Man, and those were some mean dudes right there. And I scanned through those 41s and I'm like, there's the guy. I feel that day is back. I said, I feel that moment is back. 
and I wait for it breaking that yoke in the name of Jesus because the oil can do in one day a hundred years somebody say yes say yes I hope I'm preaching for somebody that hears it this morning I don't know if there's somebody in this place that struggles with addiction but I break it this morning with the powerful anointing of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus you don't have to be hooked on you don't have to be hooked on drugs this morning the Holy Spirit is here to deliver you somebody say yes mm. verse 12 of chapter 16 and he sent and brought him in now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at and the Lord said arise anoint this one for this is him then Samuel took the horn of oil anointed him in the midst of his brethren in the midst of his brethren I love it because this is going to happen to Jesus exactly the same way follow the oil because in the Old Testament God then opens his mouth in the New Testament saying that um, I'm really longing that when they build churches one day that they will rebuild the tabernacle of David the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David has got to do with God's presence it's got to do with the anointing it's got to do with the power of God. Jesus never longed back for Moses' tabernacle. He never longed back for Solomon's tabernacle. But he's looking for that David anointing. He's looking for a church that's got the key of David. He's looking for a church that can praise, not because they're waiting for folks that's late. He's looking for a church that'll praise God to go after a thing. I think I preached on that previously over in this place. They're looking for a church that can go after a thing prophetically. And Judah is part of that church. Judah doesn't just mean praise, but Judah means to put God's hands on the neck of the enemy and break it. That's where yokes are. That's why we need the oil. That's why we need the anointing. Go with me now to the New Testament, John chapter 12. I think you can already think about the story that I'm going to read you right now. But then Mary uh, took Mary a pound of ointment and spike and art, very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the anointing. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which betrayed him, why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my bearing. Has she kept this? Once again, this woman comes into a meeting. Into a place where everybody that needs to see it, sees it. A woman is always, always a picture of the church. And just like David was anointed in the middle of his brothers, Jesus was anointed by the church in the middle of that which was. And one of the things that I feel that we are dealing with right now, since there are certain things that is rejected, is the absolutely unhealthy side of finances where the church was. I thought I was going to get that soft. But there were people out there that just because they had the gift of the gap, worked finances and there was no oil in it. 
It was manipulation. Come on somebody. How in the world did we become superstars? If Jesus was made out of no reputation. Hello somebody. Why? Why did we think that we need to become that high and mighty that nobody can touch us? Well, our hands are supposed to smell like sheep. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. I need the oil. And he allowed her woo, to anoint his feet. The Bible says that the smell of that ointment was on his body all the way to the cross. She anointed him for where he needs to go. Right there. Because we need the oil for where we need to go. We cannot sing one more song without the anointing. We cannot preach one more sermon without the anointing. We cannot have one more children's church lesson without the anointing. We cannot go to school. Start one more business without the anointing. Somebody say bring back. Come on somebody say bring back. The oil. Just like in the Old Testament. In the New Testament it's the same picture. It's David in the middle of his brothers. It's Jesus in the middle of his disciples. But it's still the oil that's flowing. It's still the oil that's flowing. I have but lost my mind when my brother was receiving the offering this morning. Because this is where I want to stop with. Second Kings chapter 4. Because he went there. He said, you don't have nothing. You have some oil in the house. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. Now they cried a woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying, My servant, my husband is dead. Isn't that a prophetic picture? That all through the world there's churches without a spiritual father in the house. I think that's the difference in this church. Because not only is your pastor a pastor, but he's a spiritual father. Never ever forget that. When we looked at the pulpit this morning... He was on here but for two minutes. The rest of the time, the people that led this church was all his sons. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Because they shall hit their targets. Hallelujah. What a prophetic picture of the church. What a prophetic picture of the church. So many widows. And in a fatherless church, the sons die. In a fatherless church, they struggle financially. In a fatherless church. Okay, I, I feel a little bit of a reaction here in the atmosphere. I'm not talking about those fathers that messed it up for us. I feel I've struck a vein right here. I'm not talking about the Isaacs of life that are so hungry for still themselves, that they will, their elders, lose their inheritance. Hungry fathers. So blind, they got to go by what they feel. They can't see anymore. Hungry fathers. Fathers that act like uncles. Unfair uncles. Like Laban. And he sees that brother come and says, I'm going to use him for everything I need him for. Oh, uh, jealous older brothers acting like fathers that'll sell Joseph in a nick of time. 
But I'm, I need you to get ready, America, that not only is there a move of God coming, but God is restoring the office of Father. That when the prodigals come home, there's a nameless and faceless father standing there ready, choosing celebration over explanation. So I also prophesy this morning in the north and the south and the east and the west that the prodigals will come back to this house in the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy and I say that offense is going to lift from people's hearts and I pray that the atmosphere will start getting conducive for them to come to their minds and come to themselves and find their way from the north and the south and the east and the west back to New Harvest Church. By the time that you build that new building, you will still not have enough place to sit all the people, but there shall be a move of God starting in this building, overflowing into that building. But the house will be filled not only with people, but with my oil. But with my oil, the oil shall even drip, the oil shall even be visible, the oil shall even be seen on people's hand. But my oil shall flow, my oil shall flow. Oh, you will see the sick be healed, they shall jump out of wheelchairs. You will see the blind see, the deaf ears pop open. You will see AIDS get healed. Oh, you will see it, you will see it, you will see it. Somebody say, I need the oil. Somebody say, I need the oil. Oh, bless you, Lord. Now they cried a certain man of the, of the wise, of the sons of the prophets, unto Elisha, saying, My servant, my husband is dead. And you know us that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors came to take unto him my two sons. It's incredible, two sons. Watch now at the end of the service, or at the end of the story, one son remains. Two sons, at the end of the story, the Bible speaks of only one son. It's this sin conscious message that is still alive and well in America and worldwide. That people need to impress Jesus with their works to feel holy. My friend, I'm here to tell you that the message that's going to usher in a move of God is the message of a loving Jesus. That did it all for you. Jesus impressed you. You don't have to impress him. Jesus impressed you on the cross. By dying in a horrible way. So that you don't have to die a horrible way. I think I'm friends with you guys long enough. You don't have to take it as what this church believes. But this is what your friend believes. I believe that when this revival is done with, it's only going to be the most stiff-necked, hard-headed people that's going to make it to hell. Well, Pastor Chuck is laughing. <laughs> I'm telling you, we made it too difficult for people to get to Jesus. The message needs to change. I said the message needs to change. There is a wonderful message called, you can be born again. Can I preach to you this morning? Well, pastor, I feel that I need to relate as a boy. I need to change into a woman. I need to change into a cat. That's a, I, I couldn't believe when they told me that there's now Furbies in, in schools. And they got a basket in the bathroom and they can do their stuff. Hey, the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. So what is the answer? The gospel. 
If they think they were born incorrectly, then we've got a message. They can be born again. Hello, New Harvest. They can be born again. Changing our boys into sissies and our girls into boys. Come on, it's time that America speaks up and say, not on our watch. We need the oil. We need the oil. Yeah, but pastor, those are very difficult um, conversations at the the moment. Well, then you need the oil. The oil makes the yoke easy. The oil lifts the burdens. Hallelujah. That went off easy. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. What has you, what have you in the house? And she said, I've got nothing. No, you don't have nothing, America. No, you don't have nothing. Hey, listen to me. No, you have not. You don't have nothing. You don't have nothing. Your friend that's standing here in front of you is the product of the oil America sent worldwide. In Azusa Street, there was a move of God. And it, it, it so touched the church that it caused a reformation. In fact, it was the second reformation of the church. The first reformation was that of Martin Luther. The second reformation of the church was Azusa Street. Where God poured out His Spirit and people started speaking in tongues and moved by the Spirit. And there was two gentlemen by the name of John G. Lake and Thomas Hishmalach. I encourage you young leaders to read the book of John G. Lake. John G. Lake was a powerful man of God. Powerful man of God. Talk about COVID. When he came to Africa, there was an incurable disease that destroyed uh, city after city after city. John G. Lake walked into one of those cities, said, put that virus on my hand and let's put it under a telescope. And as he put his hand under a telescope, the, 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 the scientists saw how that, 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 that um, virus died in his hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, we need the oil back. I said, come on, we need the oil back. I said, we need the oil back. John G. Lake and Thomas Heshmalach got on a boat with a dream in their hearts. I bet you that boat was very oily. I bet you that boat was very oily. And I bet you their hands and their voices was very oily. And they landed on the shores of South Africa 1907-1908. And they started the Apostolic Faith Mission, which is up on today the biggest Pentecostal denomination in South Africa. And you know how our churches do. We split into different directions. <laughs> everything spirit-filled, everything Pentecostal, anything prophetic or apostolic came out of that movement. Oh, Pastor Andrew, you've got to pray for us. It's so tough in America. You know, the liberals and the... you got oil! You don't have nothing left in your house. You've got oil! Can we just establish that this morning? I'm going home saying with a great and a glad heart. If some churches in America don't have oil, I promise you, I visited a church in Clewiston, Florida, and they have. Oh, anointing of the Lord flow. Oh, anointing of the Lord flow. So what you going to do with the oil? What you going to do with the oil? Well, the prophet said the following. He said, take the vessels and go to your neighbors. Even go abroad 
I've been inviting him for 10 years. He doesn't want to come. Go abroad. Go abroad. Go abroad and bring in vessels. Because we've got this treasure in earthen vessels. So what are those vessels that they need to get? People. Won't it be nice if Jesus changes a hundred young people saved into a thousand young people saved here in Southeast Florida? Man, I, f- Woo! I feel, let's go, let's go for a thousand young people. Let's go for a thousand young people. Being on fire for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 A thousand young people. You know, that's the way that I got into America. Thinking about it. This is a very significant service. 25, well, 65 times ago when, uh, when I go to, came to America. In 1996, first time I came to America. I was covering my dad's Bible. And um, my dad was preaching around. And um, I, I started in Eunice, Louisiana. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, met, I met Boudreau and Thibodeau there. <laughs> Eunice, Louisiana. And I never knew. I never knew. They, they asked my dad, they said, can Andrew preach? My dad said, yes. I didn't know there was a yes. <laughs> so I preached in front of those young people. And the Holy Spirit so moved. I'm talking about moved. I'm talking about the kids got so drunk in the Holy Ghost that their parents had to carry them back to the car. When last have we seen those things? When last have we seen our kids under the power of God for hours, crying, speaking in tongues? Well, that got my itinerary going. (laughs) So the next time I came back, and this one pastor, I'm actually going to see him on this trip. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission on this trip to pick up that again, to link up to that again. But this one pastor, um, I bet you he's watching right now, Pastor Tim Miller. In Louisiana, he, 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 in, in, in 23 days, we did 29 services. Just youth meetings, just youth meetings. And they took me to one of these um, Christian schools where you do a Friday morning um, chapel. So I'm preaching away. I mean, I, I don't know nothing about America at that stage. And the next month, <laughs> a demon starts speaking in the crowd out of one of the children. Now, that's not new to me because I was raised in that kind of atmosphere. So I jumped off the stage in front of everybody. I ran to this girl and I drove the demon out. When that demon left that little girl, man, I was the biggest news in Louisiana. (laughs) They got me back over and over and over for the ones that wondered how did he get, that's how I got connected. That's how it happens. It happens in the oil. It happens with the anointing. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the oil kept on flowing until every vessel was full. Every vessel was full. Watch now how precious God is because we've got this the wrong way around. People people used what God is so powerful in uh, and, and, and must use the gifts and, and the things of the Lord and church to, to, to gain extreme wealth. And look, look, I, I've got no stone to throw. God is a blesser. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. All the scriptures is there. If you buy a Ferrari, take me first for a ride, please. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. But, 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 but I 
think all of you agree with me that that, that, that stuff is just out of whack. It's, it's really not in place. And watch now how good God is when we go back for the oil and we get anointed again with oil. The Bible says that he said unto that widow and her son, go and sell the oil and take care of your finances until you have enough so that you can give out for everybody else. Oh, come on, praise the Lord for that. That's how good God is. That's how good God is. I'm done. I want to pray for everybody. I think I want to start with the young people first. So do you have a, le- a, like a leadership in your youth? Let, let them line up here first. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. World shakers. World shakers. Where's the guys? Hallelujah. Men of God. Men of God. I leave with you two scriptures. Somebody bring back the oil. Come on, say bring back the oil. I've been doing something in worship every service that I get into. I put my hand on my head. I say, Father, anoint me with fresh oil. I refuse to preach like I used to preach. I refuse to have church like you used to have church. Am I missing this up? I'm putting my hand here at the bottom. That's me. Huh? Sorry. Hallelujah. I need fresh oil. Psalms 23 verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 